be fair, there's not really uh, a lot that I can really add that's not hasn't, that's not already been said. I mean, yeah, Jesus is you know the, the 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 reason for the season, as it were, and not Christmas presents, la la la. But I mean, it's it is like that, isn't it? Though I mean, like we we do get into kind of this kind of you know uh, modern Western Christmas spirit in terms of. Rushing out, buying presents, you know. Um, I mean, we're hosting a Christmas at our place this year, and uh, it's been insane uh, getting everything together, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we were up to like 11 or whatever last night, just like getting food ready today, so we don't have to do most of it today, you know. And it's just, it's just this crazy time of the year, and, we, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in it. It's so easy to get wrapped up in it. And, um, but actually, this is a, a time of the year that was. Um, that was uh, meant for hope, in a sense. Uh, and, and not just in, in, in the Judeo-Christian uh, world, but like uh, in, in ancient culture as well. This is the, the winter solstice, the time the, the, the sun would, in a sense, regain its strength. You know, the days become longer. Nature, in a sense, was, 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 was coming to life again and, uh, and, and all of that. So it's a, it's a season of hope anyway uh, in the ancient world and, and obviously especially in ours because uh, our... Um, even though Jesus wasn't historically born this time of the year, it's actually historically celebrated uh, at this point in time that this was his conception. And so, and, and, and obviously his birth is brought into that. So, so that's, that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the conception, the birth of Jesus, this, this hope. And, um, and, and I guess the question is, why is it hope? Because, I mean, a lot of the time, now and again, I think the, the most we probably see these days is if you go to a kid's nativity play, um, which I have been to, and it was lovely, <laughs> wherever she is. <laughs> and, uh, no, but, you know, that, that, that's the most we see, and that's, oh, yeah, Jesus is born, yay, and, uh, you know, well, you know, part two in Easter, we'll find out what happens next sort of thing, you know, and um, I just want to kind of talk a bit more about, you know, what, what does that mean? What is this hope we have? And uh, don't worry, it is brief. It will be short today. Um, so I want to turn to uh, just a, just a couple of things. So 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 um, there's a few prophecies surrounding Jesus, not just in the Old Testament, but in the new ones at, at his conception. And I'm just going to read uh, three of them out to you. So uh, in Matthew uh, chapter one, um, verse twenty-one or something. Oh, I'll just start from verse twenty. It says um, so basically. Um, where are we? So, so, so Joseph has found out that Mary's pregnant, basically, and uh, the, the angel decides to visit him. Uh, it says, uh, after he'd considered these things, divorcing her, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, which means um, uh, Yahweh saves, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, uh, saying, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. So that's, that's prophecy number one. And then we've got uh, a shout of praise from Mary straight after she visits uh, her cousin Elizabeth. And she says, um, 
My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because the mighty one has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arms. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, mindful of his mercy, just as he spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Uh, that's hers. And then, and, then, and then you've got, funnily enough, one from uh, Zechariah. Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist. And um, funnily enough, when John the Baptist is born, he doesn't talk about his new son. He talks about Jesus, who um, obviously Mary had been up to visit um, his, um, his wife. And so obviously he was around. So, and, and he just, instead of talking about his son, he talks about Mary's son-to-be. And says, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, just as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times, salvation from our enemies and from the clutches of those who hate us. He has dealt mercifully with our fathers and remembered his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. He has given us the privilege, since we have been rescued from our enemies, clutches to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days and child now talking to john you will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go before the lord to prepare his ways to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of our god's merciful compassion the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace And so all these prophecies, they all speak of a hope in Jesus. They don't, not just hope in itself, but salvation. And, uh, oh, thank you, whoever did this. But yeah, salvation, though, from from what exactly? And to know exactly, I mean, it says, you know, from our sins, but but to to see it clearer, you have to go back. Um, Back right to the beginning. And And it's funny that at this time of year, we actually have... Christmas trees in our house. Well, people would say, no, it's not funny. It's just normal, you know. But funny enough, uh, contrary to popular belief, Christmas trees are not pagan. There is a lot of pagan stuff in Christmas. Uh, you've got the, you know, the, the holly, the mistletoe, the reef, and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, they're all pagan ideas. But the Christmas tree actually isn't. If you look at the history of the Christmas tree, it actually originates from uh, Germany in the 16th, 17th century, somewhere around there, and uh, one of them. And... Um, and it was done by, um, it, was, it was come from plays that they did, Christian plays, um, to teach people who are illiterate about stories of the Bible. And um, around this time of year, you had a day called Adam and Eve's Day. And um, actually, they, uh, and so, so they did a story about, you know, the Garden of Eden and all of that. And uh, they had uh, what you call a paradise tree in the play, uh, which is, um, I don't know if you remember, there are two trees in the Garden of Eden. One was the knowledge of good and evil, the other is the tree of life, or the the paradise tree was the one that represented life, and uh, Christians eventually adopted it and took it into their homes. And uh, that's, that's, there you go, you can read more into that if you want. But, um, but that, that's where Christmas trees come from. And so it's this representation of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And actually, it's perfect, because it connects right to Jesus. Okay, so, uh, but 
if we look at the story of creation, which is going to be really important, okay, so when God made the world, throwing aside all the creationist, evolutionist stuff, okay, he made it, and the Bible says, from a state of chaos. That's when we talk about the darkness. That's when we talk about the deep or the deep waters. It was an ancient belief in, in before anything, it was just chaotic. And, um, and God took that chaos and he formed order and he formed life and he formed goodness and he formed purpose. He took all of that. And, and then at the very top of it all, after creating everything that was good and, and had purpose and meaning, he then, he, then, he then took and made a man and breathed his own essence into that man and made the pinnacle of his creation something like him, something that had morals, um, that could make decisions, that, that, that could rule over and, and protect and serve um, the rest of creation. And, um, and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he gave that man or those two humans, a choice. He gave them two trees. You had the tree of life, our paradise tree, or you had a tree, knowledge and evil, the knowledge and, um, of good and bad. It's basically a tree that produced death. If you eat it, you will die. So you have a tree of life, you have a tree of death. And uh, if you look in Deuteronomy, God, God, if you look throughout the Bible, God always says this. There are scriptures that say, you know, before you today, you have a choice of life and you have a choice of death. You can be obedient or you can go your own way. Please be obedient so you can live. I want you to live. Um, that's a scripture in Deuteronomy. Um, and, um, you know, and so, so here we have this testing the, perp- well, testing the character of his creatures. Choose, will you choose life? I want you to choose life. But we all know from the story that he didn't. They chose their own way. They chose death. And so therefore, it was in a sense reversed. What was good and, and perfect and with goodness and purpose, reser- re- in a sense, reverted back into a chaotic state, back into darkness and, um, and, and disorder. And, uh, and, 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 and that's kind of where we were left. And then you've got this whole story of the Old Testament. And then, and then finally we get to the, the central point in the Bible. Well, it's the center of the Bible itself. But the, the main point is Jesus comes along. Okay? Or not even that. Jesus is promised. Jesus is conceived. Okay? And, and, this, and this is the thing. He, Jesus, and the point of all this, he's a new human. They call him the, the second Adam or, or the new Adam. Uh, Adam in, in, in Hebrew just means human. I mean, that, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a second human. And I've, I've heard arguments about this uh, uh, in, in, in my own workplace about, oh, you know, Jesus being conceived and all this other stuff. I, I, I don't, I don't want to get into all that, but I, I, I don't... You know, I, I don't even think it's all this, you know, uh, impregnating Mary and all this other rubbish. I, I, I really think it is a new creation and Mary is just a, um, a surrogate, in a sense. It's a new life. It's not Jesus' human form is created new. He's the only person like Adam. Even Eve was taken from Adam, but Adam was made from pretty much nothing. And in a sense, Jesus' human form also was. So he is the only other Adam in existence, Okay, and, and, and this is the point. He is he, he's new. He's, he's got a, he's, and he's got choices to make. And throughout the whole of his life, um, he has these two trees before him. In a sense, he can choose obedience to God, or he can choose to go his own way. In fact, he was tempted to go his own way. And um, and, and, and that's the thing. And, and, and the scriptures say. I mean, he says himself. You know, 
Everything I see my father doing, I do. I live in obedience to him, not to myself. I don't do what I want to do. I do what he wants to do. And so Jesus is this new Adam who actually makes the right choices throughout his life. He is the light in the darkness, the darkness being a state of chaos. He is, he is this order. He is this light. He is the goodness. And, 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 and here's the thing. When we get to Easter eventually, his death has meaning only because of his life. Okay, that's it. If it wasn't for his life, his, his death would be pointless. But, but his death is everything because of the perfect way he lived, the, the fact that he ascribed to his father. And, um, and he chose life and obedience at every turn in life. And so his death then took on the characteristic of a sacrifice. It was able to, 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 to purge us from sin. It was able to take our sin and, 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 and literally just, just, just end it just to, 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 to take the punishment of another's sin, to, 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 to have our sins removed and, and, and paid for, that, you know, um, is well, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And then, and, then you've got this, and then you've got the resurrection. And it's the resurrection that really, really saves us. You know, I couldn't state that more than enough. And, and, and which is the time of year we're around as well in terms of the resurrection of the sun, the resurrection of nature in a sense. But, but the resurrection of Jesus is so much more. You see... This life tree, it's talked about in Revelation later. Like in heaven, you've got the, the tree of life again where people will eat from and live forever. And, um, and here's the thing. Eternity isn't about living in heaven. In fact, that, that's not even the focus of the Bible at all. Uh, the focus of the Bible is tem- heaven's a temporary place that we won't be there for long. We'll be all resurrected and here, back here, to live again perfectly. And, and the whole focus of the Bible is here, in this life. And what we do here is, is, is having eternal life now. It's having life and light and goodness and order in our own lives and being saved from the disorder that, and, and our own self-reliance. Uh, you know, that, that's, 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 that's what Jesus came to save us from. And here's the thing. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, through that, his spirit can live in us and actually empower us to stop choosing like our, our own selves or, or basically, you know, uh, what we think is right and wrong and, 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 and relying on ourselves. He actually saves us from that and empowers us uh, to, to choose obedience to God, to choose life. And so that is pretty much the focus of, of Jesus' birth and the meaning of Jesus' birth. It's, it's a hope that we don't have to live in a state of chaos any longer, not just in, in, future part, in, in, in the future to come, but here, now, that people, the difference can be made, that life and light can exist, you know, and it should. You know, and Christians should be doing everything they can to help this world, to bring life, to bring light, to bring order, to bring love, to bring peace. Jesus, at this time, um, I've forgotten what it's you know, the Christingle, um, you've got uh, love, joy, hope, and peace, you know, at, at the center of Jesus. You know, that's what he comes to bring, and that's what he wants his followers to be a part of at this time. So that's pretty much the message. I, I want you guys to enjoy your day today. It's, uh, it's a great day. It's, it's good that people are off and able to enjoy family and friends, and that's great because God made things to enjoy. You know, just like he made creation and everything in it, he's given us things to enjoy. He's given us family. He's given us friends. He's given us good food. He's given us fun times, you know, entertainment, all that stuff. He's made stuff and he's provided stuff for our enjoyment uh, in creation. So, So enjoy today. But rejoice especially that Jesus saved us, you know. Um... Remember that the Christmas tree isn't just a, 
just a random thing or a pagan symbol. It's a Christian symbol of, of hope and life. Uh, one that's put before us every single day to choose. And, um, and you know what? If you don't know Jesus right now, and I mean not just know about, know him, um, why wait? If, 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 you, if you feel compelled. Uh, if, if you don't, f- fair enough. But, but if you do, just, just ask him. You can ask him anytime. You can ask him today. You can ask him tomorrow. It doesn't matter when, really. But um, um, I always say the sooner better. But, you know, you can ask him to help you. You can ask him to make the right choice. You can even ask him if he exists and just to help you to understand, you know. Um, and I, 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 I know that he saves people from their disorder. So he saves me from the disorders of my life every single day. And, uh, and the chaos of my own life. And I know he can save. And I've, I've heard testimonies of people who are in the absolute state of chaos. And, uh, and God orders their life and fixes and helps and uh, saves. So uh, he can do that for you. Um, yeah. So uh, Merry Christmas and all that. And uh, enjoy. And I've got a video for you. So uh, enjoy that. God bless, guys. Gospel of Luke. Luke investigated many of the earliest eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus and then composed this account. And the story begins up in the hills of Jerusalem.